0: hey guys how are you doing so this is my 13th podcast and i'm really thankful thanks to you all of you for enjoying my podcast and who are checking out uh, into uh, whatever i had to say i'm really grateful that in this age of uh, internet and uh, smartphones and uh, technological upheaval i am glad to be able to reach out to you through my podcast I'm not being not um, making the journalist in me uh, dead I am still alive the journalist in me is still alive so today's uh, podcast is <clears throat> about, of something a topic very very close to my heart and uh, this has been I have been obsessed with this topic since I was probably 13 or 14 years old and uh, I hope in my lifetime i get to see them okay so here is the topic now we see them so the question is not anymore about whether they exist or not but how will we react when we meet them face to face now that the u.s military has acknowledged them and has a new word for them actually it's called uap unidentified aerial phenomenon now don't uh, just you know uh, pass me off as a ufologist or a ufo UFO crazy person I believed in it ever since I read the novel Yargo by Jacqueline Susan in grade 8 and I I used to always look up for them in the sky and it was uh, generally I was crazy about them ever since the 70s but now you see now it is in the news it's it's covered by 60 Minutes Australia, you can check it out and the pilots who have seen these objects have spoken about them and they are real people, they are not crackpots like you would like to mention. So they are real people, they are real pilots, they are real navy people, the retired US uh, defence uh, analysts who are speaking about it and US, USA actually has a word for them, that is that I said is UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. they are not identified. So <clears throat> some of these videos that has you know emerged from the US military pilots and navy have proved that they are something something around for us to take it seriously. So in I hope in my lifetime I would like somebody to meet them and this thing to come to light completely. You know this this thing should not remain as a as a topic for the crazy people to discuss but for real people. So in October 2017 astronomers observed an object moving quickly across the night sky. It didn't seem to be an ordinary rock because after slingshotting around the sun it sped up and deviated from its expected trajectory propelled by a mysterious force. Now this was another uh, thing that happened in 2017. So this has been happening around the last four to five years. This first explanation by scientists was that it was a comet expelling gas and debris but there was no visible evidence of this outgassing similar thing happened when this these pilots saw this tic-tac thing which they called it the tic-tac thing hovering in the air it was like there was no gas emitting from anywhere it was like it was surrounded by a, some sort of an energy this, this traveler that we are talking about is called oma oma o, 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 okay so it was discovered on october 19 2017 by the university of hawaii's pan stars telescope this is real so the, this this traveler this Oma is the uh, tumbled in a very strange way it was a huge rock so nobody knew what it was it, whether it was a rock or after a, what it made, made of metal so it stumbled in a strange way it got brighter and dimmer alternatively in scientists telescopes and it was usually luminous possibly suggest- suggesting that it was made from some bright metal in order to explain what happened astronomers had to come up with novel theories okay so what are the theories they came up with so they kind of said that was made up of hydrogen ice and therefore would therefore not be not have visible trails or that it disintegrated into cloud dust No, it was not like a comet or anything the scientists have ever seen before so NASA had a perfect explanation on its website it says quote unquote the first known interstellar object to visit our solar system 1 1 2017 ui Oumuamua was discovered on October 19, 2017, by the University of Hawaii's Pan Stars 1 telescope, funded by NASA's Near, De- Near Earth Object Observations Program, which finds and tracks asteroids and comets in Earth's neighborhood. While originally classified as a comet, observations revealed that no signs of cometary activity in it after it slingshotted past the sun on september 9 2017 at a blistering speed of 1096 sorry 196000 miles per hour so it was like 87.3 kilometers per second it was briefly classified as an astro- asteroid until new measurements found it was accelerating slightly a sign behaves more like a comet Unquote. So concluding it is a comet, Nasa became quite silent after observing that this unusual object had been wandering through the Milky Way, unattached to any star system for hundreds of millions of years before it had a chance encounter with our star system. I am very, very lucky to be among that span of human life system where I am alive to see this remarkable encounter. I wrote all about this in my book, WTF, I Found God, which is found in Amazon. You must have already gone through the book. These, this book is an explanation of all these unnatural phenomena, not exactly unnatural, the curious phenomenons that are, phenomena that are occurring occurring all over the globe all the time, that we which we kind of ignore and choose to bypass and let our logical mind uh, overrule them but sometimes they, they stand out st- stark in front of our eyes for us to be, we have to be really ignorant to overrule them. So there, there was an, like an euphoria last year about the monolith suddenly being fl- found planted in remote deserts of the Utah, USA. Then again one in Romania, another one in California alien hunters flocked to these places i wish i could go to if only my knees were cooperative to take me take that kind of hiking but within days they disappeared and later it was found to have been they've been planted by humans we're just having fun so now australia's 60 minutes is recorded an interview with the pilots like i said and i wrote about all this thing in my book wtf i found god which you will find on amazon now as we know from the pilots we saw that tic tack like object hovering in the air in 2004 they also mentioned about seeing a black monolith cube inside a translucent sphere hovering around them within a few feet a few hundreds of feet within them this this creeps me out because this kind of black cube concept is is way back like it has been it, it was initially established it was initially came to the uh, picture in 2001 space odyssey the movie in which stanley Kubrick thought about planting black monoliths all over human civilization and different uh, different eras that kind of um, uh, 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 they, they came up exactly when the when the cost of humanity's. is uh, Existence made one some kind of a leap forward. So, this, um, this moon earth had been a point of curiosity all over the globe. This about this, I spoke uh, in my book too, in my book with WTF. I found God that the Islam's Mecca, Mecca, or Mokka, as you say in Indian terms, Mecca is also a huge black cube. So this whole concept of cube is so eerie, and why is it connected and how is it connected to the universe because everything in the universe is sphere, right? All the planets are spherical, the sun is spherical, the moon is spherical, all the stars are apparently spherical, huge blobs of uh, uh, fire and uh, even the black hole is uh, is conceptualized as a spherical object. Uh, and uh, we talk about the um, the black holes, the wormholes. They're all spherical. So where does this cube come in from? It's, isn't it very unnatural for a cube to exist in the in the nature? Because everything gets gets kind of worn out, and everything turns into a ball after a while. You know, everything turns into sphere because the edges get worn out over over time. So how does a cube exist in in the universe at all and why does the concept of cube at all uh, has come from where has it come from so now i now we see them right but we do not know we do not have any contingency plans as to what we'll do when we when they come to us face to face what will we do when we meet them we have no plans for the masses we may have some plans plans for the the elites and the politicians, they might have some backup plans, some, some kind of bunkers arranged for them. We have, may have some plans for, the, uh, for humanity to survive uh, after an invasion, but we do not have any plans for the um, entire humanity. No country has any plans. Do you plan to have a plan? I'm asking the countries, do you plan to have a plan for the masses, for general middle class people like you and me? So as far as aliens went I ever since I even when I read the book Yargo I always believed they were loving human people who who um, uh, like abduct me one day and I would go and visit their planet I used to imagine all that stuff but now I've grown up and I've realized that it, I, I, I actually don't believe that they're going to be friendly because they are not going to cross over light years in their own energy capsules to come to uh, find Earth and uh, uh, be exactly friendly with us. They might want to uh, take our specimens and uh, take some specimens of humans and study them. And even even if they are very advanced uh, in, in mental age, they would like to study us, right? And they would like to, you know, like not... Um, uh, not tolerate any kind of insurgents when we see them, any kind of excitement, euphoria they would like to just you know, send down one laser ray or some kind of energy ray and wipe us out, meanwhile while they do their excavations, they are greedy really people they are rich people who are going to come here and they are going to probably excavate the planet for further elements, for natural elements which will make them richer and may give them enough fuel to go back like we are using mars for our to fuel to generate our own fuel to come back to earth similarly these guys can be coming here to generate their own fuel maybe and maybe just maybe our blood is their fuel so you can imagine what will happen so i'm beginning to think that the if those ets do come they won't be coming here with be coming here with some intentions not just to say, hi, we exist. <laughs> so that intention may not be human-friendly. And other than a microscopic disclaimer disclaimer in some insurance policy in USA, which makes the insurance null and void in case of an alien attack, we really do not know if anybody is really prepared to meet the aliens if they come tomorrow. So like Michio Kaku said, let's lie low and not talk too much about these people. But yes, let me know what you feel about this. Now that we see them, they are not a part of a figment of anybody's imagination anymore. Now that we see them, tell me, what are your plans? Thank you for listening. You guys have a great day.